How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Today, we're talking about three players to watch as the Heisman Trophy is going to be coming up here pretty soon. Um, we're talking about three players to watch for the upcoming college basketball season as most teams have played four or five games right now. We're talking about which team is the biggest threat to the Patriots in the AFC. And then we'll be talking about three players in the NHL to watch around the trade deadline in the upcoming season and who might get dealt. So starting off with the Heisman watch, I'm breaking down three players who I feel have the best chance of winning the Heisman this year. I think going into the year, the big name quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, guys like that, we're getting all the hype. But right now, I think none of those guys are really in position to win the Heisman. Trevor Lawrence has had a pretty bad year by his standards at Clemson. Clemson hasn't looked nearly as dominant as they were said to be. Tua Tagovailoa was hurt last week and is out for the season, so any hopes for him winning the Heisman is going downhill. Justin Fields has had a great year so far, don't get me wrong, but Ohio State has been playing their best football as of late, and Fields' numbers have been dropping a little bit compared to his big start to the season. But the one quarterback who I think is the favorite right now to win the Heisman Trophy is Joe Burrow, the quarterback from LSU. Burrow's having an unreal year after he transferred from Ohio State to LSU. He has 4,014 passing yards, an astonishing 41 touchdowns and only 6 interceptions and a 92.9 quarterback rating. LSU's currently 11-0 and and they're the number one team in the country and are pretty much a lock regardless of what happens the rest of the season to make the college football playoff. Even if they end up losing to Georgia, I still think they're easily going to get in this year. Um, the big thing with Burrow, too, is he's done it in some big, big games. Early on in the season at ranked Texas, go on the road in a very hostile place to play and beat them. They have two home wins against ranked Florida and Auburn, who are both fighting for a playoff spot as well. And then, obviously, the biggest win for Burrow was just a few short weeks ago when they went on the road, went toe-to-toe with Alabama, and came away victorious. Anytime you can knock off Alabama, Nick Saban, you definitely make a statement to the rest of the college football world. And the way Burrow's been playing this year, I just don't see how he isn't the favorite right now for the Heisman. There are a few other people to watch, however. Um, I'd be renounced if I didn't mention Jalen Hurts of Oklahoma, who is also having a fantastic year. And now with the injury to Tua, um, Oklahoma's playoff chances suddenly have a little more life. Hurts on the year has 3,184 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. But he also has an additional 1,156 rushing yards and 17 rushing touchdowns, which is truly amazing. Um, You definitely see the mobile quarterbacks in college football more than you do in the NFL. But 17 rushing touchdowns is truly phenomenal. Most running backs in college football don't even come close to that. And Jalen Hurts to me really isn't a mobile quarterback. He has the ability to run, but he's definitely a pass-first type quarterback. So I think it's very interesting that he's been able to do that so far. They're 10-1 and one on the season, still ranked in the top 10. Um, Lincoln Riley's going for number three in a row as far as Heisman Trophy winners go. 
Um, he just coached Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray to not only be number one picks in the NFL draft, but also win the previous two Heismans. I don't think Hurts will be a number one pick in the draft, but definitely still has a chance to win the Heisman. We'll see going down the stretch. Their biggest issue for him is that they lost to Kansas State. Um, that's a huge loss for them. It's one that you can't have, especially when they're going to look for the college playoff. That loss is really going to hurt them compared to if they lost to a ranked opponent. But as I mentioned before, with Tua going down, um, Alabama is susceptible to potentially another loss and missing the college football playoff. And a team like Oklahoma, if they can put some wins together and dominate some teams down the stretch here, they have a chance to get in. And then finally, a player to watch um, on the defensive side of the ball is Chase Young, the defensive end from Ohio State. This kid's just a wrecking ball. I don't know if I've seen a player this dominant in college football since um, either the Bosa brothers or Khalil Mack. Honestly, he's having an unreal year. Ohio State's 11-0 is number two in the country right now. He's got 38 tackles, and he just set the Ohio State record last week. He had 16 and a half sacks so far on the year. He had three sacks last game against Penn State. He's also forced seven forced fumbles. The biggest problem with Chase Young is he did have that two-game suspension. Not only does it hurt his stats, but it might hurt his perception a little bit in the voting. But it's also rare for a defender to win the Heisman Trophy. So I don't know if he'll be able to win it, but he's been an absolute wrecking ball. I believe he's a presumed top three to five pick this year in the NFL draft. Um, If he isn't, I'd be super surprised. But yeah, overall, Joe Burrow to me is the no-brain Heisman winner at this very moment. Um, you never know down the stretch here if injuries occur or LSU suffers a really bad loss. Who knows, maybe Trevor Lawrence can get his name back into it. Maybe Justin Fields has a few big weeks for Ohio State. But as of right now, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Chase Young are my three players to watch as far as the Heisman goes. And I believe Joe Burrow is going to win it. So looking at college hoops, we're a few weeks in now. Talk about three players to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Starting off with a point guard for North Carolina, Cole Anthony, a freshman. This kid's just super fun to watch. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Ja Morant and just his flashy playmaking and fun to watch just at a bigger level. You know, Ja went to Murray State, so he didn't get as much exposure. Cole Anthony playing at UNC, one of the most historic schools um, as, college, as far as college basketball goes. He's off to a red-hot start, averaging 22.8 points, 8 rebounds, and 4.5 assists per game. Uh, really explosive, great off the dribble, has the ability to shoot it from anywhere. He's also an underrated defender, in my opinion. He's a presumed top 5-6 pick next year in the draft. He's had a school record 34 points by a freshman in their first game this year. Um, I think UNC isn't going to be in the top five um, this year just because they did lose so many players to the draft this past season. And Anthony is really their biggest offensive threat, but he's super fun to watch. Very highly touted out of high school. Had tons of offers, and I wasn't really surprised that he went to UNC. He always talked about Michael Jordan having a big influence on him. So he'll be one to watch for the rest of the year. See if he can make some noise, especially come down the line in the NCAA tournament, assuming UNC is going to make that. 
Um, another player to watch is Cassius Winston, the point guard for Michigan State. I think his name really burst onto the scene last year when they upset Duke in the NCAA tournament. Um, his ability to score against Coach K's defense. He also did a really nice job um, shutting down Trey Jones. And I think a lot of people knew about Cash Winston just because um, Michigan State and Tom Mizzo is a prominent program, but I don't think many people really knew how good he truly was. He's off to another great start this year, 17.5 points per game, 2.5 rebounds, and 7 assists per game. Uh, Michigan State came into the year ranked number one. They did lose to Kentucky, but they've been putting some strong wins together, including a big win versus number 12, Seton Hall, and Miles Powell, who I'm about to get to in a minute. But um, I think this year is definitely an interesting one for Winston to watch, also just because of the tragic news recently of his brother passing away um, in an accident. So I think he's going to be playing with a lot of emotion this year, and I think it's going to be really fun to see what Michigan State can do and what Winston can do for that team. As I just mentioned before, their big win against Seton Hall. And I think a potential player of the year, Miles Powell, so far has been the best player in college basketball, in my opinion. It's not even that close. Currently averaging 22.6 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, and 1.8 assists. He's actually averaging 28.3 points per game. However, he got hurt four minutes into their game against Stony Brook, so that game counts against him as far as statistics go. So he had zero points, so that really hurts his overall in points per game. If you take that game out, it's, he's already at 28.3 points. He had 37 in that game against Michigan State, in which they really mishandled the ball down the stretch after they were up by five with about a little less than two minutes left. They had a really big chance to upset them. But they're definitely going to be a team that could be in the top 10 for most of the year, especially with a player of Powell's caliber. They're number 13 in the country right now with that loss to Michigan State. Uh, he undeclared from the NBA draft last year and decided to return to school to not only increase his draft stock, but he always talked about how much he loved playing for Seton Hall. He was already named NCAA Player of the Week after his performances in the first couple of games. Um, really good shooter. Deep, deep NBA range. He's a great shot off the dribble. Um, He's got to work on his dribbling moves a little bit. He's a combo guard forward type player. He's got the body um, to be an NBA player. Still has to get a little better defensively as well. He is nursing an ankle injury, which he suffered against Stony Brook, which forced him to miss one game. But, yeah, Miles Powell, to me, is definitely a player you have to keep your eyes on. Uh, he's going to be one that's going to be putting Seton Hall on the map this year and going forward for that team. But I also think Cassius Winston's story, because of his brother, is going to be one of the most interesting storylines to follow throughout the college basketball season. So now I'm talking about who is the Patriots' biggest threat um, to knock them off in the AFC it was a little bit of a tough choice. I know a lot of people would just presume Baltimore because um, of them pretty much blowing them out in a sense this year. But you can't always overlook the Chiefs just because of how good their offense is. Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy. Just studs all over their offense. And you also can't count out the Colts. Colts fight every team really hard. I think Frank Wright's done a really nice job 
be an interesting storyline to have Jacoby Brissett go up against the Patriots. Indianapolis has a really good defense as well. And then you also have Houston. You never know what the Sean Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, two very special and dynamic players. And then you, you can even talk about teams like the Bills. I mean, granted, the Bills haven't put together a lot of great wins, but when they played in Buffalo week four, they did a real number on Brady. If the Bills can get their offense going and put another performance like that out, you never know. But in the end, I did decide to deal with the Ravens. And it's not just because they did beat them 37-20 to 20, um, this year already. But I just think Lamar Jackson adds a whole different element that most teams don't know how to prepare for. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch him going forward just because we've seen um, players like him, such as RG3, who's their backup. I think Jackson has a lot more ability than RG3, but similar type play style as far as the running goes. Um, the biggest thing with Lamar is that he's very smart about when to take hits and whatnot. He's done a nice job of staying healthy so far. He's having an MVP-type season. I think him and Russell Wilson are going to be the two finalists for MVP. The only reason that I was a little hesitant at first with Baltimore is because even though they did beat them 37-20, it was a home game for Baltimore. Um, Kansas City really, to me, was a team I was really thinking about picking just because I think Patrick Mahomes is just something special. But their defense is just so shaky where compared to Baltimore, who I know has a really good defense, bringing Earl Thomas was so big for them. But the biggest reason that I think the Patriots' uh, biggest start is the Ravens too is because of Harbaugh as the coach. He's had nine career games against Patriots with a 4-5 and five record, which isn't a winning record, but is better than most coaches do. He's 2-2 two and two in the postseason against them as well, including a couple big road wins and one going to their Super Bowl run. And if you even think about it, he should be 3-1 and one in the postseason. The one year was the year Lee Evans dropped a touchdown pass in the final minute on a beautiful pass from Flacco, and then Billy Cundiff ended up missing the field goal so the Patriots would win that game. So really he should be 3-1 and one against Belichick in the postseason. Uh, Belichick always does make adjustments though so if they do end up meeting again in like the AFC championship or anywhere in the playoffs I think they'll make adjustments to stop Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram because that's what gashed them in their loss this year no receiver had over 50 yards against them um, Patriots have one of the best secondaries and defenses in the NFL and the Ravens really don't have a number one receiver they lost John Brown to the Bills in the offseason. And then their receiving core right now, they have Willie Sneed, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews at tight end. They don't really have that big number one stud receiver. And one thing you know with Belichick, he's always going to take away your number one option. So I think he's going to be able to sit down and watch that film and find a way to slow down Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram more. And even Gus Edwards, who had a couple big runs against them too. And just let Stephon Gilmore and the rest of the secondary, the McCourty brothers, um, try to shut down that receiving game and see if they can beat them. But I think the Ravens just overall have the best chance just from a coaching standpoint. And like I said before, I think Jackson's running ability is just an add an element that is hard to prepare for just because of how quick he is. And it's a different type of offense. You don't see it across the league. It's more of a college run offense. The only other teams you're going to see a quarterback run that much is probably against 
a team like the Panthers with Cam Newton when he's healthy, the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Um, I think it actually helps the Patriots that they face the Bills twice here because Josh Allen does like to run the ball a lot different way than Lamar Jackson, but um, it does help them as far as repairing for a mobile running quarterback. But overall, I think the Patriots have the better, excuse me, the Ravens have the best chance of knocking off the Patriots in the AFC, but definitely don't count out the Chiefs. And um, the Colts are definitely a team to also watch and keep an eye on down the stretch just because of their defense. So now moving into some potential NHL trades. Um, it's very hard to judge, especially this early on in the season, but there's a lot of teams that are struggling and they're looking to make a big move. But I think the bigger name players like Taylor Hall, players like that aren't going to get moved till closer to the actual trade deadline. Right now, I think it's going to be a lot more minor moves. Um, I'd be very surprised if you see a big splash. Um, guys like Corey Schneider, Jonathan Quick have been some goalie rumor names out there, but they both have some pretty hard cap hits and have been really bad in dealing with injuries and whatnot. So who knows with them. But three players I think you got to keep an eye on. Um, one is uh, TJ Brody and Travis Harmonic from the Calgary Flames. Um, Calgary's currently going through a bit of a skid. Um, they've been talking about making a big trade. Um, I know fans down there have actually been asking for Johnny Gaudreau to be traded, which is kind of surprising, but um, I don't think they'll make that big of a move. I think, if anything, they'd make that type of move in the offseason. But I think they just want to kind of blow it up a little bit. Um, they've been struggling on the back end. There's been rumors they've been talking with Buffalo about defensemen. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they reach out to a team like Toronto um, and see if Tyson Berry's available. But I know Brody and Harmonic, or Hammond, excuse me, are two guys on Calgary that are both potentially likely to get moved. Um, another player to keep an eye on is the Kings right winger Tyler Toffoli. He's been rumored for a while, still very young. The Kings have been awful this year, and they're pretty much just selling house on every player except for Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar. Pretty much every other player on their roster is available. It'll be interesting to see. I think a team like Nashville, Tampa Bay, any of those big playoff teams, even guys, or teams like Colorado or Boston, just because they've been dealing with some injuries as well, could add a guy like Defoe who can slot into that third line role, even potential second line if you need to him. He's a pretty good penalty killer as well. So be interesting to see with his name. And then one bigger name player to keep an eye on, and I think this move would be more towards trade deadline, would be Jonathan Druin of the Canadians. He is injured right now and supposed to have surgery. I believe he's out the next six to eight weeks. So he is going to miss most season, but come towards trade deadline if he is making an early recovery or he's going to be available for a playoff run. Um, he's one that um, I think could be dealt just because he's underperformed since he got traded there. He was having a great year before he got hurt this year, but um, the Canadians just had a history of dealing really big-name players. I mean, you look at Galchenyak and P.K. Subban, they'll be the first ones to tell you that expect the unexpected. Um, the Canadians are one of the most historic franchises as far as hockey goes. Um, and I think they want to try to win um, now. I know they're a little bit of a rebuild. Um, they got a lot of mix of young and older players. And they just, I think they'd rather keep Domi long term than Druin. Um, and I know Druin's locked up for 
I believe, the next three or four years. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move him and gain some big assets. But there are definitely some other names out there too. Ristolina, the Sabres, um, is another one to be looking out for. He's been rumored to be dealt pretty much all offseason. But um, Taylor Hall is another one you got to keep an eye on, depending if New Jersey continues to have a bad season. But those are just some of the names I'd be keeping an eye on, especially to Foley. I think he's for sure going to be getting dealt soon here. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about the fallout of the Bills Thanksgiving showdown against the Dallas Cowgirls. Excuse me, Cowboys. Um, talking about some early struggles for big four hoops. Kanisha, St. Bonaventure, UB, and Niagara have all been off to a little bit of a rough start. And just like last week, I had a nice Bills ran. They had a nice bounce back performances against the Dolphins and Broncos. Hoping maybe I can have the same effect. I'm going to go on a huge Sabres rant. We're only going to have three topics next week. Um, Sabres have really got me going lately. Um, I know they had a nice win last night in Florida, which is pretty rare to see. We always struggle against Florida teams. But, um, yeah, just pretty mind-boggling what they've been doing with these seven defensemen, not making any moves and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate all the support. And I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week, and I hope you all tune in next week. Thanks, everyone.